On this episode of the Fieldhouse Files, I'm diving deep into what campus life will be like for the Pacers, for NBA teams down at Disney's wide world of sports. The Pacers specifically are staying at the Grand Floridian. For that and much more intel, I'll be talking with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports of Real GM. He spent almost 20 years working right there on campus. And welcome into another episode of the Fieldhouse Files. I'm Scott Agnes. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Fieldhouse Files, both the podcast and now my new writing platform, a newsletter and website. Every post is delivered right to your inbox, so you don't need to seek out Pacers news. It comes right to you. Well, the Pacers have been down in Orlando and at Disney's complex for more than 10 days now, experiencing eight different practices in a variety of gyms, some in convention centers, some in arenas. And this week, we'll finally see basketball once again. For now, media, us reporters, are limited to just Zoom conferences, Zoom conference calls. So we're very limited in what we can see And it's all about what we can gather and hear from players and Coach Nate McMillan during those interviews. Because normally we're there at practice and we're able to see who took part in practice, who sat out, maybe who looked excellent. And for now, three names have come up repeatedly of guys that have looked really good. That's Victor Oladipo, that's TJ Warren, and Miles Turner. And we'll see more later on this week as the Pacers have their first scrimmage coming up Thursday afternoon at 3.30 p.m. tip time. That's at the main gym, the HP Arena. And all three scrimmages will be broadcast live on Pacers.com. We'll chat with Chris Denieri, the play-by-play voice of the team, after he's called a couple of the scrimmages to see what this new world is like for him because he'll be calling the games alongside his color analyst, of course, Quinn Buckner, and they'll do it remotely, not courtside. They'll do it right here from Indianapolis. So that's a very different setting and as a broadcaster myself certainly not welcome but in this environment it's certainly understandable now after the Pacers got out of quarantine that was back on July 11th they had their first practice and then they could really start exploring what campus life was like and there was one day where Doug McDermott went golfing with TJ McConnell with Victor Oladipo and with Andy Martin the assistant sports performance coach and for Victor it was his first time playing golf and Doug joked how Victor probably lost 60 balls in nine holes and TJ McConnell maybe shot a 60. Doug's an excellent golfer so I expect for him to be playing a lot of golf. We've seen other guys guys like TJ Leaf and Malcolm Brogdon have thrown a cast into the lake right there quite often. Big fishermen. Um, and then other guys have given it a try, like Naz Mitru Long, like Alizé Johnson. And as recently as yesterday, we saw guys taking out a pontoon boat just to enjoy the experience, to enjoy the weather and floating after practice and hanging out with teammates. Malcolm Brogdon was captaining the ship on board, was Miles Turner, Alizé Johnson, Naz Mitru Long, TJ Warren, enjoying one another's company and also making the most of their experience. And I think one great sign out of this is that after more than 350 player tests for COVID-19, zero, none, came back positive. That is outstanding news over the last seven days and really shows that the NBA, what they have worked diligently to do, has worked successfully to this point. Now, we don't want to jinx it, but that is very positive news. Other options to kill some time for the players include cornhole. There's obviously a barber shop that we all saw that was 
built in a matter of maybe a day or two because that's important in their book through the end of the week. So the NBA has done a great job of not only getting players and teams down there but done it in a safe manner and also provided a lot of activities to keep everyone busy in addition to things that they can do back in their own room, whether that's write, journal, watch Netflix, watch other games, watch films, Zoom with family, FaceTime, etc. So, I mean, they're probably doing more than most of us are doing at our own homes, etc. The hardest part, of course, is being in a new environment and away from family. Before their first scrimmage scheduled for July 23rd, I'll have another episode talking more about basketball and what the observations have been on the court, what to expect, and what to make out of these first three scrimmages, and of course, a lot about Victor Oladipo. But in the meantime, subscribe to the Fieldhouse Files podcast. Subscribe to my written work at fieldhousefiles.com. It's free. Give it a try. If you don't like it, feel free to unsubscribe, but at least give me a chance. And without further ado, here's my conversation about this Disney campus with Keith Smith. All right, as promised, I bring in Keith Smith of uh, Yahoo Sports, and he was really the first one to bring up the idea, to propose, if you will, that, hey, why doesn't the NBA go down to Florida? It's sunny, great weather, it's summer down there, but also there's this great thing called Disney World that we all love, and it, by the way, it's owned by one of the NBA's biggest partners, of course, in ABC, and which is owned by Disney. And so now joining the podcast is Keith himself to discuss that idea and kind of um, share his experiences from, I think, about 20 years working right there on campus. So, uh, Keith, thanks for coming on. And to start, take me back to a couple months ago when you were sitting beyond a computer, and I've heard you on uh, other shows as well, and you kind of pitched this idea right to your editor, and then it blew up. Yeah, it was really what was going on was, I think, if we go back to when the season first paused, I think we're all, all right, a couple weeks, and then we'll be back at it. And then once it became clear this wasn't going to be a couple of weeks. This was going to be, you know, quite some time. I I started to read like, like everybody else did, you know, all right, well, how could they save the season? And, and people started mentioning things like, you know, oh, well, they could do, um, you know, Las Vegas, which comes right immediately to mind from Summer League and the like. But then it started getting into crazy ideas like, well, let's build a facility on a private <laughs> island or let's, let's just play on it. cruise yeah. ships. <laughs> You know, the cruise ship one was the one where I was like, all right, this has gone too far now. Um, You know, and and having worked at Disney for, you know, as you said, almost 20 years and then really knowing a lot about um, the property and a lot about what the NBA's needs are. I I pitched the idea to my editor. He's also familiar with the Disney property. And he said, yeah, let's write it up. And we did. And it got some initial traction in that first, you know, couple of days. And we actually got a note from the NBA uh, from someone in the league office who said, thank you for a thoughtful and thorough idea. That was the extent of it. That was the entire note um, that was, that was sent to us. And then from there, it kind of went in waves. It, it would come back up every once in a while when it was like the NBA is looking at sites and those things. And then once the news was reported that, Hey, Disney's seriously on the table from there, it just kind of stayed at a sustained interest level. Yeah, going back, I, the cruise idea was kind of more interesting and fascinating than it could have been real. The only reason I even gave it some kind of thought is because Team USA has stayed on cruise ships before when they go to the Olympics. So I'm like, yep. I've seen cruise ships with one court. I guess if you're really desperate, I suppose, yeah, you could gather a few teams there, but you could not do this 22-team restart. 
I don't see uh, anything like that. Um, and then it was good. I was going to ask you whether you had heard any kind of feedback um, from the league. And it doesn't exactly surprise me that they didn't probably didn't want to tip their hand a little bit, whether they liked it, that they did not, that it was sent across the NBA email landscape either. But they were just like, man, hat tip. Thank you. Yeah, and and I've heard from a lot of folks within the league, uh, people with teams, uh, both players, coaches, front office people who are like, hey, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of them them have been there. A lot of the players have played in AAU tournaments. It's home of the AAU National Championships. It's now home for the Junior NBA World Championships. So a lot of the NBA people have been around and they're like, yeah, it's a great facility. You know, we, we, you know, would make a lot of sense. It would be, you know, good to get in there. And then what was kind of funny, um, after the fact was the number of people who then started hitting me up with like, all right, this is happening now. Here's 55 questions I have yes, you yep. know, about the area <laughs> and the hotels and all those kind of things. So it, it's really been kind of a fun ride. You brought up a good point, too, of the AAU days. And I had, in fact, experience with that, not myself, but directly with my sister. And I think over like a 10-year period, let's say, you every year that you'd have summer nationals and it rotated and maybe every third year it was wide world of sports. So... I was there at least two times taking in games. And I think, let's call it the pavilion, if you will, was split into, I think, six courts. Maybe it was four. It was, a, it was at least back in 2003. But I remember that globe out front, taking pictures in front of that. I remember walking by the yep. baseball <laughs> fields on my left, and there was cheerleading, I think, going on at the time, oh, if I yeah. remember correctly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, cheerleading. It. So the arena, which is going to be one of the, the game facilities that okay, they're going to so play, was, arena, was actually then. built okay. for cheerleading. That's why they built it, because uh, the cheerleading wanted a specific setup for what they need. And it is such a big, massive thing for Disney with so many of these cheer teams and that they built it and said, all right, let's do this. And, and that's uh, <laughs> what they put together. And Keith, this is maybe my one quote-unquote insider note that I don't think anybody has touched on in this whole thing. And maybe it's because they can't leave the bubble. But my other notable experience down there was that one family always wanted to go to the world's largest McDonald's. That is right there. (laughs) And I don't know, maybe it's 20 minutes or 5 minutes. But I remember that was one of the, you know, if they reached a certain round and they went there. But that was one other big note I remember of all my travels down there. That's so funny. Yeah, that, that is. Uh, it's a little bit down the road, uh, okay. a little more towards downtown Orlando. But but yeah, that that is down here as well. They've uh, they that's actually I don't know the last time that was you know your experience, but they've redone that whole thing, and it, it's crazy. It's funny. I used to live in that uh, general vicinity of town, and that used to be the McDonald's we would go to because it was the closest one. So if we wanted McD's, wow. that's where we went. Doing the math, I think it was two thousand three. So quite a while ago, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yep. One thing I wanted to do here this weekend was go over to my parents' house and see if I could dig out those archive photos because I think it would be hilarious to see, like, 10-year-old me, let's say, standing in front of Wide World of Sports. But <laughs> right? uh, a lot yeah. of nostalgic with that going on for me. And then also the palace, as we're recording this on Saturday afternoon, the palace um, being imploded. And, of course, that brings up mostly bad memories for Pacers here in Indianapolis. So... Um, Let's get back to Disney World. Take me inside the campus, specifically where they are, because we know it's obviously a gigantic campus. They're at three hotels. The Pacers in particular are at the Grand Floridian. I'm jealous of Victor Oladipo's view. It looks like he's like the third floor, but has a lake right behind him. So what are the Pacers in store for and the NBA as a whole? 
Yeah, um, so starting with the Pacers, the Grand Floridian is the flagship resort of Walt Disney World. It is the one that is um, up close to the Magic Kingdom. It's it's a uh, you know really beautiful hotel. It's got a main big central building, and then it's got a, a handful of buildings that are set um, separated that are set up campus style. Um, in the lagoon that he's looking at is actually the Seven Seas Lagoon. That's that's the the lake that's right in front of the Magic Kingdom. So everybody's seen that because yeah. you'd be there. Uh, sailed across it on one of the um, ferry boats, or you've uh, gone around it on one of the monorails. So, so that's the the, the what, what he's looking at out there. I've seen a lot of the players, you know, um, doing things. It was funny. Somebody put something up where like, "Whoa, a monorail's going by!" It was <laughs> you know all excited to see that. So that that's been kind of the the Disney side of me. You know, this crossover with the NBA, it's been really funny to see you know people get super excited about <laughs> things that are you know in my life now. I've taken for granted some and in those kind of things so yeah it's a beautiful hotel um set up the other teams are at the uh, grand destino tower um which is the um part of the coronado springs resort those those are the teams that are the the higher seeds i guess that right now are expected to stay in a little longer um that's going to be the um longest run hotel that that's the one that's basically from start to finish is where everybody will be housed um that tower is less than a year old it only opened last fall it is absolutely gorgeous um with a you know amazing setup um you know there um, so that is, you know, really, really nice. And then the Yacht Club, which is the teams that are kind of fighting their way to get into the playoffs. That's another, you know, really nice hotel. The cool thing with the Yacht Club is they have the best pool um, at Walt Disney World. It's almost like a mini water park. Um, so they've got a pretty good setup there okay, as well. But I've seen three, one of those videos float online already in the last 24 hours. So that explains where yep. that is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I know somebody put a video up of the um, Coronado Springs pool, which is a, it's, it has a um, Mayan theme. And somebody said, well, this is like uh, Legends of the Temple or whatever that, you know, Nickelodeon kids game show was or whatever. So so that's been kind of funny as well. So it's been it's, you know, but all three are, you know, beautiful hotels. They've got everything the players could want and need there. And then they've set up basketball facilities in the convention centers um, right there at the hotels, as well as at the ESPN Wide World of Sports in the three venues that will be used for practices and games. And we saw already at least three courts down there, two of the Magics and in fact, one of the no. It's uh, the Heat, Orlando, yep. and I think the Pacers. So the Pacers court, and this is something uh, I thought was kind of ironic. I didn't want to rip an old Band-Aid. But yesterday the NBA posted a video of Paul George dribbling between two courts. <laughs> the best part about it was it was Miami Heat on one side, Pacers on the other. And those that know, that's where he kind of became himself and emerged and during that playoff series. So I kind of found that um, very interesting. So to be clear, those three courts within a convention center, that's all on a different property. That's at the Grand Destino, which is somewhat nearby. Yeah, correct. It's so Walt Disney World is huge. It's forty nine square miles, and if that doesn't mean anything to anybody, it's uh, twice the size of Manhattan. That's why I wasn't the, pretending like it was a walk across the street. It might yeah, be a golf cart exactly. if but, you're but one of these players. Yeah, ten, 10 minutes on the bus or, or whatever, and you're you're there. So yeah, so the team, and then they did put in another court up at the Contemporary Resort in their convention center, which is a little bit closer to the Grand Floridian, but it's only one court. Um, I think it might be two courts, but it's set up in there. And they, they the Magic did actually get two of their courts. They gave their standard game court and then their um their their uh, orange theme court, which is, is awful, well. by the way. So, 
Yeah, so so they've got so there are four full courts and then there's another court, um, another couple. Um, they're almost like like mini courts that are set up in another room, and that's really designed for players who want to go and get extra shots up and those kind of things outside of the the practice windows. And then there's a couple courts set up for practice over at the Wide World of Sports Complex. So on a day like today, where there's 22 teams that are going to practice mm-hmm. in the same day in three hour windows, you you have to have multiple courts available because there's all also, I believe there's a minimum of one hour in between so that they can go in and clean and disinfect and do all the things they need to do there. Yeah, and that's obviously a big point here because you, normally, um, you know, when I was working here at the field house, you just rush a team in. A visiting team comes in, all right, you keep it moving. Or between shoot-arounds, usually the other team is walking in before the other team has even gotten up after untying their shoes. And so those exactly. sorts of things are what they're trying to prevent here, not only to have a clear separation, but also to wipe everything down and maybe even swap out Gatorades. One other fascinating thing, at least to me, going back to my ball boy days, Keith, is they turned some batting cage into the laundromat. And so there looked to be, by my rough estimation, 30 washers on each. So 60 washers and maybe 60 dryers in a batting cage area. Those are the little things that I think most fans aren't thinking of but are critical because these equipment managers – I mean, they're going to have a tough job and will need, like you said, probably a, a car or a bus to shuttle them around because that's one central location. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, um, you know, that's part of what made Disney the ideal uh, setup was, you know, Las Vegas, a few other places. They have the hotels. They can figure out the basketball facilities. But because it's all in one place mm-hmm. and Disney can really lock down sections and make sure nobody gets in and nobody gets out, that shouldn't be. Um, that, that makes it so much easier. So that is really, um, you know, <laughs> important to, to note here because, yeah, we, we don't think about, you know, we think, okay, team shows up, team gets dressed, they play a game. And that's yeah there's some truth to that but there's a lot more they had to build weight rooms uh for the players they had to build um training facilities medical facilities all those kind of things where they could set those up and that's that's all been you know kind of put together here over the last month that's why it wasn't as easy i know a lot of people said all right we're doing this what are we waiting for like get this going Mm -hmm. well it takes a little bit of time to set those things up and then all the way down to the details like you said of the laundry facilities and those kind of things in these equipment managers it's in a lot of cases there's one or two for each team right now instead of maybe a team of you know four or five people helping out with them and that that's you know a little tricky tricky now they've got some assistance from the disney folks are um you know assisting as well and helping there but but it is you know i would guess most equipment managers don't want it very protective about their uniforms their stuff yeah and so actually for that stuff the game and practice specific they probably don't want much help because they're very specific about that i can speak i know the pacers they with they got their practice facility and i haven't been into where country the equipment manager is and i i know he has at least four washers and four dryers back there but i know at banker's life Fieldhouse where he used to do all the laundry type stuff. For example, he had at least four washers, I think, at a time. Maybe he grew to five. So picture that. I mean, there's not enough for him to live with that typical lifestyle, and he would do laundry all day long. The other thing, though, that people keep in mind here is he's probably not doing Gatorade towels and shower towels and those sorts of things. So that stuff is off the radar a little bit. I'm very fascinated to learn whether or not they did anything to increase the Internet 
at the hotels because these guys are doing high bandwidth applications like things I don't get into, but uh, Warfare and, I don't know, Call of Duty and those sorts of things where they're not only streaming their video but playing a live video game. Any intel there, Keith? Yeah, Disney actually has beefed up the Wi-Fi, so that that is interesting. I know that they uh, went through well, – one of the things that Disney did within the last year or so was they really worked um, heavily on their own technology before any of this stuff was even a consideration because Disney is, is increasing use of technology through the phone app as well as those magic bands. Those are the wristbands that all the players are wearing. That's their room key. That's how they're going to check in and check out places. And that, that magic band for regular guests, that's also their tickets. It's how they pay for things. And those, so Disney's invested heavily in technology. But they did bring in Wi-Fi boosters and those kind of things for all the players because <laughs> they knew that these guys were going to be coming in and doing all sorts of you know gaming and streaming and FaceTime to home and uh, Zoom calls with teams and all that sorts of stuff. So they wanted to make sure that they were very well taken care of on the technology side. They really didn't leave any detail left behind. And that, that's amazing here because I figured that was something you know once it's already established it's hard to really increase without significant construction or 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 bringing in companies that might be unavailable right now um what else can you share about this kind of the disney experience this is interesting to me because i've never stayed at the disney properties when i've gone to disney world which i have several times but we always stayed at this rci property um away from there and then of course drove in and really enjoyed it which i I did but those bands uh, how new are those and also um i'm very intrigued by the idea of i think it's with those magic bands and not something else is they kind of go to a monitor say when they go to the gym they have to wait a few seconds for let's say approval a green light before proceeding and it also is a way to track where everybody is at yeah they're using it um the tracking piece is not so this was the funny question that was asked was like are these bands like like they can pull us up and know exactly where we are and it's it's not quite like that but it's more of you know oh yeah he checked you know he went in and out of his room at you know 11 o'clock or something (laughs) yeah that's how i view it is it's not gps it's more yeah (laughs) just make sure you're in this vicinity and you haven't left us and those are also what they're using to check in and out for their testing um, so that they know, okay, this this player did check in, you know, in the window where you're supposed to go get tested. Um, but, yeah, those Magic Bands, they've been around now for, for a handful of years. Um, the idea with the Magic Band was when you're a guest on Walt Disney World property – you're carrying around your wallet, your key, your room key, your your own keys, your phone, all these other things. And what is more and more people started to, I can do almost everything I need to do from my phone. The idea was hopefully you can leave with your phone in your pocket and your magic band on. And that's all you need to carry mm-hmm. um, because it's your room key. You can pay with it. It's going to be your tickets. When you uh, do fast passes, um, you can, you know, use that's how you get in and out of the attraction. So, so that part is, you know, been in use for a little while now and it continues to be, uh, they're adding always more and more things to it. So, so it can do things. And I think with the NBA, they're really kind of stretching its um, capabilities some to really see, okay, how can we use it for even more types of things? And that's probably going to be useful to Disney as Disney for their regular guests. It's just going to be a little bit of a different business now moving forward where it's not going to be the same as, you know, all right, go stand in line for three hours, you know, crowded in waiting to ride Space Mountain. You know, that's not probably going to be a thing, at least for quite some time. So I think the ability to use these check-in points is going to be really, really important to Disney and the NBA is kind of their guinea pigs for how can we do this while the teams are here. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Take me through the opportunities or excursions, if you will, that will be available to the players. And I'm thinking golf. I know Doug McDermott's plans a lot of golf down there. <laughs> a lot of guys. Um, yep. I think there's three courses. I'm not sure how much people will take advantage of just taking a pontoon out. Maybe they will, actually. But what types of things can guys be entertained by? And also, I just from your perspective, how often do you foresee maybe this stuff being used versus guys just chilling in their hotel watching Netflix? Yeah, I mean, we've already seen some of the guys are out playing cornhole. Um, we've seen some of the guys using the ping pong tables that are set up and the various lounges that they put together. They've got video games in there, and they've got all the latest stuff available. I was told because EA Sports um, headquarters is just down the road in Maitland, Florida, that their intention is to give them some copies of Madden um, a few weeks early okay. before it's on, uh, on sale and delivered to everybody. So I know guys play that. I, I haven't played Madden in quite some time, so I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I got very mixed reviews when I reported that um, <laughs> from people who are gamers. But yeah, the uh, golf, that's going to be a big one. I've already heard that some of the players are already asking about golf because I think some guys want to get their golf time in now before games start and the playoffs start. So that's been going on. Part there of me is, is surprised plans. by that, though, because I don't think there's a lot of golfers in the league. For instance, Pacers host an annual golf outing, and Doug McDermott of the 17 players is the only one even semi-interested in playing. So yeah, that's it, when we had Paul George, he, he preferred to go fishing. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that's a great point. I can see a lot <laughs> yeah. of people uh, golfing like Frank Vogel, for example. Yeah, exactly. Doc Rivers, right? Yeah. He is famously loves golf. Um, Jason Tatum of the Celtics just took it up recently, and he said he's going to try to drag some of his teammates out to the course with him so that they can play. So so we'll see. But yeah, there's going to be fishing excursions set up. I think a lot of guys will probably take advantage of that. The cool thing has been floating in and out of these different media availabilities over Zoom. How many of the players are are they've never been? before so they're already kind of blown away and then how many of them are looking forward to i think the number one thing especially when families are going to be eligible to join them is going into the theme parks because they're going to set up after hours after all the regular guests Beautiful. have left they've had a chance to go through and clean they're going to set up time for teams to go in and do some stuff in the theme parks and then there's a you know big number of guys in the league who have never been to walt disney world to any of the four theme parks and are really seem very very excited about being able to do that if they can pull that off i can't imagine just kind of the their serotonin the the happiness levels of everyone both those families once they eventually potentially join and just the players because most of all it's kind of just that rush it's a thrill and it's outside it's something to do and they'll probably need that if you know a month or month and a half into this new world that they have to navigate right now yeah, and I, th I think that outside piece is going to come into play the longer the teams are here. When, when we're into September and October and things are starting to turn uh, up north, I think some of the guys are looking. It's funny, I talked with someone from the Orlando Magic, and they're like, hey, well, it's a little bit of a recruiting tool. Like, see, <laughs> it's still, you know, 85 degrees and beautiful here in, you know, October, you know, if, if that's that's a thing. Now, that, that hasn't ever really worked out for the Magic in the past, even though they've tried to, you know, use it multiple different times. 
to draw in uh, talent. But, you know, I, th- I think guys are going to enjoy the fact that they can be outside and having some fun. And, you know, it's it's a really you know fun thing. The, the, the number one thing that I've heard um, from players, and I think we've seen some of this, was the food concerns initially. Um, you know, and a lot of guys had a lot to say. But then you had just as many, if not more, players and NBA staffers who came out and said things along the lines of, hey, wait a second, like this looks an awful lot like what it is when we're on the team plane. Like, yeah, it's boxed up and packaged, but that's because we're in quarantine. And then I think over the last day or two, um, you started to see a lot more positive things posted about the food. So, you know, Disney and the NBA, they're going to get together and they're going to make that work. Each team was um, asked to provide a culinary uh, member of their own team to work with the Disney culinary staff. They're the guy who's kind of leading it all up um, for the NBA side used to actually work at Disney. So he has good understandings of both um, the NBA needs and what Disney can do. And I think that's, you know, going to really put it together. And I think, you know, after everybody's out of this quarantine, which really is today, um, minus these handful of guys who are late arrivals, it's, it's, I think going to go into a place where they all feel pretty good about what they're getting food and nutrition wise. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the positivity that eventually came out of there. And part of that, it was, probably the urging of both the team and the league saying, hey, guys, what are we advertising (laughs) here (laughs) right now when we – on top of it's going to get better, this is a temporary one we're trying to figure it out and two, you're in quarantine. But along the other same lines, we also have all these people unemployed, all these people worried about, you know, somebody with the virus in the hospital. Like there's – pick your battles. And this is where I kind of knock generations below me is just – Instead of going right to the source, right to your team or right to the NBA, they're they're blasting them out, um, yep. calling them out. Instead of hey, someone will handle it. Just just bring it up privately, and it'll be handled. No doubt about that. Yeah, I can tell you from you know my decades with Disney is if you have a complaint, they're going to do what they can to make it right. Now this is a little bit of a different environment because they're going to have to go back and work through with your team yeah. and those kind of things. But yeah, it was it was good to see the number of players who almost immediately came back and was like, "Hey, wait, you're showing something very different than what I got." And you know, and I think it's it's going to be you know it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I know there were some complaints about the rooms and those kind of things, and. You you definitely had a lot of guys kind of firing back with those exactly what you said of man you're complaining about staying in a perfectly nice hotel room when a lot of people are out of work and those kind of things and now i think over media availability especially <laughs> yesterday and into today the number of players who have spoke out and said you know there's no point in complaining about any of this stuff it's all fine we're here to play basketball and get your focus where it needs to be and i think that's going to be something that's going to be important to maintain over the next couple of months right yeah this isn't the ritz it's four stars sorry <laughs> like it's yeah. it's plenty good enough and i think it was kind of funny to see inside some of the rooms a lot of the pacers were sharing and other players as well but these were lo- looked like double beds and there was a uh, headboard at the end and that was clearly removed to allow for more space maybe a couch and that sort of thing but guys are moved in kind of have three bags apiece and are getting settled in and um as of saturday afternoon pacers will be getting out of quarantine and having their first practice and, and such just a couple more things for me, Keith. I know uh, a lot going on. Bad weather down south right now as well, which is no good. <laughs> That's um, typical. I- I'm curious. What, yeah, absolutely. And something I'm sure the NBA had to factor in um, with hurricane season and all that approaching. How do you expect potentially uh, ESPN and more so Disney to benefit from this in the long term? I, I can speak for myself here in that. I've never had the the full experience, and I think sometime I would love to go stay at this Grand Floridian one day, have my magic band, and then go into 
Disney World and such and have that real full-time experience because I want to experience what they did, even if it's just for one day. Yeah, it's so a couple things with that, which is, you know, where I think really um, important is this is Disney has a massive um, uh, cross marketing uh, promotional opportunity here. Uh, it's going to be rare, even when it's a TNT broadcast, it's still going to be Disney, 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 where you're going to know. Um, what is here? It, this is actually was going to be a very important period for Disney in the second half of 2020 because 2021 is Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary of being open. So they are really um, looking to ramp everything up to you know what was going to be a massive big blowout celebration of being open for 50 years. So you are going to start to see a lot of things, and I think you're going to see that because I think Disney wants to use this as. A little bit of a, hey, it was safe for the NBA to come here. Here's all the things we're doing. It's going to be safe for you. And you better believe if you know, LeBron James and team and the Lakers are hanging out at the Magic Kingdom after hours, there's going to be a camera there capturing every minute of it, and you're going to see a lot of clips from it. And then for ESPN, ABC, they're you know the primary um, broadcasters, so they're going to be uh, really you know working with everybody here to you know very much um, you know make sure that it's you know seen you know good for the company as a whole and what great partners they were for the NBA. And then not so much for you and I and for fans of the league, but I guarantee at some point this is going to be brought back up when there's a TV negotiation uh, contract. And it is a, hey, remember when we did you that favor? You know, we did all these things for you. You know, let's talk about that. So I think that's going to be, um, you know, something to keep an eye on as well. I really wish the NBA or someone would be able to commission like two writers to go inside and it doesn't need to be right now to tweet and share, but I want a couple books. I think you would have incredible bestsellers. Like if we could commission Lee Jenkins to get out of his role right Right. now with the Clippers (laughs) to go inside, can you imagine the stories and the the problems and the success stories and, and just little things like that? I think that would be so amazing to have. Yeah, and and I also very much look forward to, you know, five or so years from now when we hear, you know, these players, you know, they're teaming up, (laughs) you know, at X team because they spent all this time together in the bubble at Walt Disney World. And that's where they decided, just like we hear about the Olympics, you know, every uh, five years or so after the Olympic Games are over. It was on the South Lawn on the second cornhole board (laughs) where Chris Paul finally turned to Victor Oladipo and said, there you go. Yeah. No, yeah, 100%. something along those lines. You know that's coming. You betcha. Um, anything else uh, we should be aware of with Disney? And also tell people where they can find your work because Keith does an excellent job of sharing signings, both of NBA players and overseas. So recently he's posted about um, Shane Winnington and I think Jeff Pendergraft probably. Um, yeah, and yeah, guys yeah. like that. Jeff yeah. Harris now, of course, but he's always pendy to yeah. me. But that's the type of stuff that he provides as well as a great account we saw a couple months ago about Disney. Yeah, you can find me, like you said, on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. You can find my written work at Yahoo Sports. I'll be covering a lot of things related to the rest of the season here as this goes along there. RealGM.com as well, which is where I got my start. I'm still with them, and uh, over there I'm doing off-season previews for all 30 teams because the off-season is going to fall on our lap here before we know it. And then uh, if you're, uh, I don't know why Pacers fans would be overly interested, uh, maybe there's a Larry Bird connection, but if you're interested in Celtics-specific coverage, 
I'll be covering the Boston Celtics um, for Celtics blog as part of SB Nation uh, throughout the course of this. And then I am a co-host of the NBA Front Office Show podcast um, with Trevor Lane, where we discuss all the NBA transactions in depth. And we've been kind of going through all these bubble signings and substitute players and all those sorts of things. Don't underestimate that, because remember all the Celtics connections here, Keith. Brad Stevens. True. You got him. You got Gordon Hayward, Jamie Young. Yep. Um, his stats guy, <laughs> analytics guy, can't remember his name. I think it's Alex, maybe. Yep, one of the guys, yep. Right Definitely. behind the bench who used to be a butler yep. and play for him. So there's there's somewhat of a following, a nice little butler following of the Celtics whenever the Pacers are here. So, uh, point, per- and they played in the playoffs last year, and it maybe looks like they might meet again this year in the playoffs. So, yeah, de- I'm definitely got, got some connections <laughs> there as well. And if they do, we'll have to have you back on. But I appreciate you coming on the show. One last thing I'm curious about. In your writing, do you have any plans to – continue more disney centric like this video went viral here's what it's like there or anything like that or do you think you'll get back to basketball more so now yeah i think it's going to be more back to basketball we may do some some things um a lot of it depends on uh, i am hopeful still it seems very unlikely but i'm hopeful to still be able to go um at some point to not necessarily the bubble access because that's not going to happen but to the game access just to give a flavor for what is it like with these games with no fans and um inside these disney arenas and those kind of things so hopeful maybe that'll happen but 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 yeah it's probably gonna be mostly back to basketball at this point I welcome that. We need basketball and sports back into our lives, so I look forward to that. Thanks so much, Keith. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Y'all stay safe.